Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live.
Praise the Lord. Thanking God for being in this house once more and again. Thanking God that we can meet as Christians anywhere. Uh, thanking him for the first Sunday in the year. And cool weather and beautiful sunshine. And life goes on year after year. Some people consider a new year just another day. But it's, I feel it's the beginning of something else God has in store for us. New direction, new uh, leadings, uh, new revelation, uh, maybe a new opportunity <laughs> to say the plans I have for you, to give you a hope in the future. And because he loves us and we love him. Again, I don't know if y'all know this song. Uh, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. You probably heard it. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And I promise him that I, I would serve him till I die. I am on the battlefield for my Lord. Oh, yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord, and I promised him that I, I would serve him till I die. I am on the battlefield for my Lord. I'm on the battlefield for my
on the battlefield for my Lord. You know, there are times we want to rest. There are times we want to just sit down, take a break. But there's so much work to do still. And to whom much is given, much is required. And that was the word I got. No time for rest. (laughs) Time to keep climbing the mountain and doing as the Lord leads you, doing what he's leading you to do and keep going. So he said, well done. Well, we'll begin scripture this morning by reading the fourth chapter of Proverbs in the Old Testament, starting with verse 1. We thank God for the conference I attended this weekend in Grapevine and just meeting a whole lot of people from Seattle, from Pennsylvania, from London, from South Texas, Houston, and just begin to uh, get emails, addresses, and networking with people. All everybody's trying to please God, but they realize their giftings are not accepted in the church, <laughs> and how we can all connect with the body of Christ. It is the body of Christ in church, but we know uh, where the church stands, and God is still trying to raise up people that will go out and go back into the church to bring it back to the state God, like the day of Pentecost, so to speak, where we saw signs and wonders and people were doing the works of Christ and seeing miracles happen and souls saved. And we pray God give us that faith and teach us and strengthen us to build up his kingdom. Proverbs chapter 1, I mean, sorry, chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou doest, thus embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my saying, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in in the right path. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Cast not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. 
for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. May the Lord have a blessing to the hearers and readers and doers of his word. I've read first to the 27th verse of the fourth chapter of Proverbs. Pray for me. Lord, for continuous healing and blessings, Lord. 
We pray, Lord, for those that have strayed from the altar, Father, those that have been in the church but they've left and they they have strayed and gone back to their sinful ways, Lord. We pray, Lord, you say you're married to the backslider. We pray you bring them in. We praise you, Lord, for those who just need you, Lord, just need direction, Lord, and who have been attacked by the enemy. We speak peace to them, Lord. We Thank you, Lord, for coming in to our worship hour this morning, Lord. And we pray for our pastor, Kirkland Cross, Lord, to bring the word to us, Lord. Freaking convict us, Lord, in a mighty way, Lord. We just thank you. And we thank you for blessing us. My brother. Since you didn't have to do it, Lord. We love you. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise for this day. Amen. Everyone that believes it. And it's 
But nobody wants to listen. And who do I lean on? Oh, I go to the rock. I know he's able. I go to the rock. Well, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain. And the mountain stands by me. Christ the solid rock I stand, and when I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Oh, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone at the builders' feet. I run to the mountain at the mountain. I go to the rock. And when I need somebody to talk to, I go 
to the rock. I can go to the rock. I go to the rock. Mm -hmm. Around me is I'm right there. rock I stand. And when I need a shelter, when I need a rest, I go to the travels on the highway uh, last night and the conference and made me a proud mama just to see him as I heard prophesied to so many people and hearing from God, you know, their, their uh, principle is you hear, you pray, you hear, and you obey, and you only speak what God says. If God shows you a vision, you just tell the vision. If God anymore, you don't you don't want to tell people and give them falsehood and false hope. But uh just to be strengthened and and strengthen and encourage people and it confirmed a lot to people what they should be doing. And uh I praise the Lord. I thank him for health and strength and for healing. Also there was a lady there getting healed. There was a lady that heard a demon cast out of her and um it was it was quite amazing. You thank God for the gifts. You know, a lot of people say Christians don't believe that miracles, signs, and wonders and is in this day and time. But it's still God is still moving by His Spirit, and God is still working miracles, Amen. answering prayer, and He uses His prophets. Thank God for the true prophets. Any other testimony? If not, we'll give it to Pastor Cross. Amen. We're thankful to God again for all his many blessings that he has bestowed upon us. He just keeps on blessing. Amen. Uh, I remember and well, it hasn't been all that long ago, I guess, but maybe a few years. You know, uh, up until a few years ago, I guess I should say. And uh I was a young man growing up, you know, you get these, you, know, you look like your daddy, who looks like his daddy, and, you know, I just started putting all those together, and uh, then I remembered that my grandfather passed when he was 61, my daddy passed when he was 64, and I was approaching my 60s, <laughs> and there's no telling it is what it is, you know. If I go, I go sooner or later, whenever it is. I just want to, like Paul said, I want to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen. But I, I can remember, I, I don't say that it was a whole lot of fear associated with it, but it was 
kind of a, it was almost an acceptance that, you know, well, maybe so. But then, maybe not. My wife doesn't like to even talk about this too much, so. <laughs> but you know what? We didn't come to stay here. Amen? We all had a lot of, besides our parents, we had grandparents, great-grandparents, and on and on and on and on. And after you go back two or three levels, that for sure, they, they're gone, you know. They came as babies. They lived their lives. Hopefully, they fulfilled their calling, and now they're gone. And two, we also, when our time is up here, we're gone. But it's just good to know that we have given God our best, that we have tried to live the kind of life that he would have us to live, so that when we leave this place, amen, uh, and we, we will have left a, a record. Uh, God is one of the songs that's made our work I have done speak for me. That when I'm laying in my grave and there's no more can be said, may the work I've done speak for me. And that's what we want to have. They want to have the work that we do down here speak for us. I, I like that. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't, we say sometimes those words, and and, and people hear it sometimes they just kind of roll off our lips and then just roll on through people's heads from one ear out the other, you know. But when Christ was here, one of his defenses that he used for the for the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, "If you won't believe me for my work, my word sake, you won't believe me just because it's coming out of my mouth, then look at the works that's going on." Look at the works. They testify of who I am. Look around you. Who else is doing what I do? You know, who, who else is healing the sick, raising the dead? Who else is doing those kind of things? And if you can't come up with anybody else doing those kind of things, maybe, just maybe, you ought to consider the possibility that I am who I say I am, that I am my father's child. I am the son of God. And so that's, that's, that's pretty good witness. Uh, Paul talks about faith and works and say, he says, show me your, your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Look at my works, and you can see the kind of faith I have. So it's very important that, that we, 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 we try our best to be found pleasing in God's sight and be found in his will. Amen. And uh, when we do leave here, we don't have any regrets. It'll be all right. Next time for, time for the next chapter. Amen. We're going to be coming to you from the book of Philippians, chapter 3. We're grateful again to God for all those, for the technology that we have access to these days. And, you know, somebody, I remember somebody was talking about back in the day of the cassettes, cassette tapes. They were talking about, uh, the Bible talked about the rocks will cry out, you know, and so on. And they were talking about how that the cassette tape in itself was, was basically a, a, a plastic sheet with, with particles, metal particles on it, as in rocks, so to speak. And the charge on these things, you know, could be, could be uh, translated basically uh, into or transformed into sound energy, magnetic energy, electrical energy, sound energy, and the word of God go forth through that. Some of the rocks crying out, you know. And even now we, we got CDs and all that stuff. But if you look at all, all that stuff, is inorganic material, you know, basically rock. <laughs> And we use it to stand, to show forth, and to send forth the word of God. So we are living in some amazing, amazing times. Some of the technology, I'm sure we've all looked at something that's out there and went, man, <laughs> who would have thunk it? <laughs> but, uh, yes, and, and it's also great that not only is it there, but a lot of it, I mean, 
know they're keeping the good stuff for themselves, but they are letting some stuff trickle down to where we could afford it. We can go to Walmart and get a little something that <laughs> that's got a little while to it. Hey, Amen. These, these phones right now. Back in the day when I was coming up, it was a big deal. We figured that never had never happened. Yeah, right. They created got his phone on his wristwatch. You know, an hour phone, you almost had needed a truck to haul <laughs> the thing that was so big. Look at some of those those uh, television programs from back in the sixties and seventies and the guy got his little portable his mobile radio, his mobile telephone. That thing is <laughs> almost need two hands to hold it. And now today Technology is literally there. We don't have it to us yet, but it's there already where they can have that stuff implanted in the hand and bring the hand up maybe and talk. Right? They, use, they use a bug device. They put the bug in the ear. They can hear and they can talk and talk to the thing. So technology is going all over the place. We're getting nearer and nearer to the end. So that at the end of time, knowledge would do what? It would increase. It's interesting that the Bible said would say knowledge would increase. And we see it, gosh, I don't know the figures right now, but if you do, if you Google it, you could probably find out what the what the the, the uh, rate of increase is. I mean, that's, 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 that's very little. You can't Google. But you can't put type in your Google search engine and come up with whatever it is. I mean, crazy stuff. It's out there and more and more every day. Knowledge would increase. And what do they call this age now? Is this age not called the information age? Information age. Google that when you get a chance, the information age. That's where we are now because everything's about information. If you've got the right information, you can get paid. And I'm not talking about necessarily blackmailing somebody. <laughs> but if you've got the right information, there are people who would pay. What's the paparazzi all about, all those fellas? Huh? They go get a picture. And they make their living by just taking pictures of people, stealing pictures. So let's look at Philippians chapter 3. I'm just talking a little bit here. We are in a brand new year. I'm not much on New Year's resolution. Uh, if you're like me, every day you probably need to make a resolution. Every day you could make a resolution because we never seem to get where we want to be. We work on it and we strive toward, but it just seems like we're not quite there yet. And and that's okay. We're going to find in this lesson here because... Uh, that's what this is. This is a journey. It's not a point, a destination. Because what the problem with goals and destinations is once you reach them, struggle is over. We tend to sit down and rest a little while and just, you know, put the gold ribbon on the, on the wall, blue ribbon on the wall, hang the gold medal up somewhere, frame it where people can see it. Look what I've done. But that's not, just in this life, that's not a possibility. That's not something we can do. When you do that, you're already falling backwards. Amen? Let's look at Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading at, uh, begin reading at verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the, thing, the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evildoers. Beware of the concision. Heavenly Father, as we come today with this word, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you look down upon us in a special way and strengthen us. We pray that your Holy Spirit will speak through me to us, O oh God, that we might have a word from you, O oh God, a word that causes us to 
to walk a little closer to you, walk a little straighter there, God, to, to walk a little more in our purpose, O oh God, to have a better understanding of your will for us, O oh God, that we might be found pleasing in your sight, dear God. We understand how Jesus said unto us, dear God, that we should love you with all our heart, mind, and soul, and that we should love our neighbors and ourselves. And if we do those two, amen, we'll have we be in shape, we'll be in good shape with the rest of the commandments, dear God. Still, God, we struggle. We struggle, God. Heavenly Father, we pray. Heavenly Father, you would just strengthen us as we go. And God, we pray that we make the right decisions and the right choices, oh God, that we might be found pleasing in your sight. Let's ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Beware of dogs. Now, beware of dogs in chapter 2, and beware of evil workers. Beware of the confusion. I'm going to back up to that beware of dogs and, and say this right now, that in, in, although he possibly was talking to the, some of the Jewish people who were, who were uh, adverse to his position on God and Christ, um, I, I, I like to also think about the fact that the Bible teaches us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. So that's, a, that's an important detail that we as Christians should be aware of and should hang on to because we... Uh, we we have to acknowledge that more times than not, when the enemy comes, he's coming using somebody else. And it's so easy for our flesh to lock on to that flesh and say, you the reason, you the this and you the that. And we just start chopping at that flesh that came before us and accused us or said whatever it is, when the real problem is the one that's motivating that flesh. And we have to fight the right battles. We have to fight with the right opponent if we want to win. Otherwise... Uh, we're going to keep there. We're going to keep on doing battle. We'll be forever doing battle and not getting any kind of victories. I mean, uh, I was looking at. Uh, I'm a sci-fi guy, so I, I look at some of the sci-fi. One of one of the on one of these shows, I was looking at, and they were fighting these aliens, and uh, and they, the aliens were just coming. They just kept on coming. It's coming. And the guy said, and it was, as a matter of fact, there's two that come to mind like that. But he said, we need to kill the, the head guy because once you kill the head guy all the fight goes out of the other. They won't fight without a head. And so they were outside the door, and one guy popped up. We want to negotiate. And, ah, there he is. That's the head. So he walked in. He said, that guy from Michigan, he walked in there, and he just pointed that boom, shoots the bullet to the other guy's head, and all the other guys were like, this is. The battle was over just like that. They all surrendered. We have to be able to fight the right one. If you... The Bible says you resist the devil, he will flee from you. That doesn't mean that you jump all over that guy that's coming that the devil is using. That means that you go into spiritual warfare and fight the enemy. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Concision. The concision, of, uh, is, is when he says the concision, you look at the word concise and concision, and you're going to get to the point where, where what you understand is going to say that it's those who have taken a fixed position, you might say. Concise. We talk about being concise. You're talking about like, like a narrow, almost a narrow mindedness, narrow, a narrow uh, understanding or whatever of it. And so the concision were those who, who they believe that if you had to be circumcised, you wouldn't circumcise, you wouldn't shoot. Period. Boom. End of discussion. And Paul says that we are of the uncircumcision. Why? Or that we are of the circumcision, which is the circumcision of the spirit. That's the one that matters, not of the flesh. For we are the circumcision which, which worship God, in verse 3, in the spirit, and, work, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in 
the flesh. You know, this is too often time we find people who take confidence in the wrong things. Yeah, we, we, we prove to people that we are saved because of something that we were able to do physically or because of something we achieved because we went to school and, and got the education to do it. And we, we try to prove to people that we are God's children because we have amassed some wealth or we have, we have achieved. None of that proves that you are a child of God. What did Jesus say? These are my mother and sister and brother. They that do the will of my father. Are you doing God's will? Because if you're not doing God's will, none of that other stuff matters. So I'm talking, in Corinthians talking about charity, what all it does and all that. And then we hear scripture talking about it. If, if, if you do all this and you do all that prophesying, do all those kinds of things you might do, and you don't have love in your heart, it profits you nothing. It doesn't say you almost there. You're not quite where you need to be. It said it profits you nothing. Because the God who is called love, I would say God is love. How are you going to be his child and not be loved? Michael Jr. tells a joke one time. He said something about uh, ultrasound. I think he said ultrasound. It's in color now. He said, that's kind of foolish. I know it's going to be a black baby. He said, it better be a black baby. <laughs> the whole idea is that we, 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 we oftentimes put confidence in stuff that don't really matter. How does it prove anything? only thing that matters is, is your heart right with God? Is my heart right with God? He says in verse 4, though I might also, might also have confidence in the flesh, and these begins right here, he's talking about, he's, well, I'll go a little further. If any other man thinking that he had whereof he might trust in the flesh, well, he talks about the fact that he was, he was circumcised on the eighth day as was normal for Jews. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He, was, he wasn't Israeli from birth, a Jew from birth. Uh, he had all this stuff going for, me, for him. Uh, he said, as touching the law, he was a Pharisee. Uh, concerning zeal, he persecuted the church. He didn't just, just, just he wasn't just a Pharisee who, who would just, you know, some people, once they get a position, they just kind of just hang close and just ride. That wasn't Paul's way. Paul was all out. He wasn't just a Pharisee. He went and got letters of authority to go out and chase down those Christians. And he wanted to put, he wanted to kill that spirit that was out there that was Jesus Christ. Not just get rid of the, 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 the people, but get rid of the thought that Christ. He wanted to crush the whole movement. That's what he was. Concerning zeal, and which is in the law, he was blameless. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. What things were gained to me, those things I counted loss for Christ. Watch those dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The enemy will come up, the, spirit, the spiritual wickedness will come up with all kinds of things enticing us to go away, to do other stuff. Take our concentration off of what God wants us to be looking at. He says, what, was, what, 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 what others were calling gain, in other words, what I used to call and think was, 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 a, was, was worth something, once I got to know Christ, it became nothing to me that I might know Christ better. Yea, doubtless, he said, and I count all things for loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win him. 
everything, all that stuff he said he had done, all the teachers he had done, all, I mean, all the stuff that would have made him somebody in the eyes of men, he counted it as nothing. He threw it all away. This man who was trying to, who would have impressed his leaders by getting the level of authority and going out and fighting their battle for them, all of a sudden he gets out there and he meets Jesus. And he takes his weapon and he turns around and faces those that fit him. And he's battling against them now. Somebody would say he's a traitor. But we say he saw the light. You ask Paul, he say he saw the light. Amen. The Bible says while he was on the Damascus Road, a light from heaven shined down on him. It blinded him. He would count it as dung that he might win Christ. Wow, oh, that's kind of strong. I, mean, I don't know how old he was, but it took a few years for him to get where he was in life. That's one thing I liked about Paul, whose one name was once Saul. When he was Saul, he was all out for God. When he met Christ, he came all out for Christ. We don't see him half-stepping nowhere. He didn't cut no corners. He didn't take nothing off nobody. If you were if you were calling yourself a Christian and you weren't doing it right, he'd let you know you're not right. He got on Peter. <laughs> you know, he would get on those dudes. When they, when 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 other Jewish brothers would come around and the, and 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 the, and the so-called Christians now would would leave the, the Gentiles so that they wouldn't be accused by Jews of hanging out with Gentiles. They forget that these were Christians and that they were walking now by faith and not by not because of the flesh. They weren't saved because of the flesh, but because of the faith in Christ. Not because of their works, but because of faith in Christ. Paul got on them. We weren't even able to, to do the things that the law called for. Now you're going to require these folks? No, this is a walk of faith. Verse 9, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, not having what? Mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, of God by faith. This is a faith walk. What do you believe? How, do you believe God? Do you believe that? Because you, you cannot attain in the flesh until the righteousness that is required by God. It can only be accomplished in the spirit, because the spirit is of God. The flesh is of the earth. It's carnal. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Somewhere else, uh, it was Peter, I think, was talking about Paul and his writing. He was talking about how strong some of his writings were. Paul didn't play with this stuff. He he was all out committed. He wanted to let us know that's how we need to be. It's going to be if it's Christ, let it be Christ. Don't let it be Christ plus this. Don't be less than Christ. Just go ahead on. Let it be all Christ. He said that that I might he said attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He had his eyes focused. He knew what he wanted to do. He planned on once he died in this life, he would rise in life anew with Christ. He didn't play with it. The Bible says that the righteous shall scarcely enter. The righteous shall You know how hard it is to get people, you know, you go around and ask people, Christians, are you righteous? I guarantee you more time than not there will be a pause. 
You want to hear? Oh, yes. And some of those that say, oh, yes, you'd be looking at them, really? I mean, really? <laughs> you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple of denominations that I've been associated with during time that, that had some interface with or whatever. And uh, and when they would testify, they would say, uh, save, sanctify, fill with the pressure of the Holy Ghost, with fire. You know, it would just roll off their mouth. Blah, 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 blah. That's what you would hear on Sunday during testifying service. But if you catch up with them or you come up behind them on Monday or Tuesday, you might hear another, another testimony going on. <laughs> and you have to wonder, is this, she got a twin? He got a twin? What is this? This, this can't be brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. Just because people say that don't mean nothing. If you want to attain, into, if you want to get this resurrection, get to the point where you can be a part of the resurrection from the dead unto life, amen, you have to die now. Kirk has to begin to die that Christ might come alive. How in the world Christ going to do what he wants to do in this body if Kirk is still insisting that he do what he wants to do? Kirk has to, has to inconvenience himself. He has to put himself on the back burner when Christ starts speaking. He's got to catch that voice. Hear that voice. And then subjugate that body. It's kind of like if you, yeah, yeah. I know we sometimes say, you know, he just thinks that God is my co-pilot. And other people say, oh, he's not my co-pilot. He's my pilot. Wrong. He ain't your pilot. As a matter of fact, he doesn't want to pilot our bodies. He wants to co-pilot. Or if you want to say he wants to pilot, he'll pilot, but you're going to be, it's going to be one of those times where you got the controls. He's going to be over here giving the direction. So from that standpoint, yeah, he can call it. But basically what I'm trying to say is you're the one that's got your hand on what the body does. you got the controls of the body. He's going to, he's going to say, this is what we ought to do. This is what you should do. Let's do this. Let's do that. But ultimately, you're going to make that decision. If we want to attain to the resurrection from the dead, we have to line up with the will of God, which is expressed through Jesus Christ. Paul said it pretty good. He said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. So he said the servant is not greater than the master. It's amazing to me this whole theology of how the Christians are supposed to be. Being a Christian is worry-free. Being a Christian means you're going to be wealthy beyond measure. You think those disciples were, were poor? Those guys weren't poor. How are you going to be poor when you got, you're walking with Jesus Christ? What are you talking about? Is Jesus reaching the bag and giving them money to go pay the tax? Or did he tell them, go out there by the sea, they're going to be a fish. First fish you catch, look at his gill, and there'll be money. Oh, he's just trying to save the money in the bag. Is that what he was? He, was just, he didn't want to spend all his money. He wanted to use some other money to please. That's not what he called us to. Why did he tell the disciples when you go, don't take two coats, don't take two? Why did he tell them that and, and but, but take a bag of money? No, that's not what it is. But we, are, we, 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 we think we have associated being blessed of God with this world instead of the world to come. I said plainly, my kingdom is not of this world. But where is your riches at? My riches are in my kingdom. 
Where else would you find a king's riches except in his kingdom? If he goes out and conquers somebody else's kingdom, he's going to take their riches and bring them back to his kingdom, or he's going to make that whole land part of his kingdom and spill the money or whatever it is that's going to be in his kingdom. But we have this thing where we're supposed to be, now I don't have, I'm not preaching a poverty-stricken gospel. That's not what I'm trying to say. God has good things, and he can give it to you, but not everybody. He said the poor you had with you always. When that woman put that penny in the offering, and it was all she had, did the Bible say that? And Christ blessed her immensely. She looked in her wallet, and there it was, a big lump of gold. That's not what happened. At least that's not what it said. It might have. It could have. It couldn't have. But not, we don't have a record of that happening. As far as we know, she put that in, and she went on out. Now, I do believe that God did provide for her, which is, his, which is what he does. But did he make her rich beyond compare? I don't think so. Not as though I already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. Verse 12. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I'm not where I ought to be. I know that. Paul is saying. I know that I have more to work on, but I'm following hard after. I'm working on it. That's where our problem comes in a lot of times. We're not there. We know we're not there, and we're not working on it. We make excuses. Nah, it'll be all right. Well, you know, <laughs> that's just the way I am. <laughs> uh, God had just left us the way we were. If that was his plan to leave us the way we were, he wouldn't even send Jesus. We were a mess. And more times than not, we are still a mess. We need Christ in our life to make that difference. Paul says, not as though I had attained, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend, that I may catch on to that for which also I am apprehend. He wants, he says, Christ has caught a hold of me, and now I'm trying to catch a hold of him. I'm trying to be as much like him as I can. I'm working on it. That's what Paul was saying. My God. It amazes me that we go through all kinds, of, we jump through jump hurdles and, and through hoops trying to attain things that, that, that only will come to us once we have received our place in God. Because he knows if we get that without him, we're just going to go further from him. We're going to be like that guy who, who got that bump of crop in and said, well, I'm going to build some bigger barns, and I'm going to tell my soul, soul, take thine ease. You got much stored for many years. Bible said, "What happened?" God told him, "This day, tonight, your soul is required of you." Now, what if he had just said, "Woo! Tell you what, too much, huh?" Well, look, go down to to yon field over there. I know his crop wasn't much. Give him enough to make it through the winter. And then go over to town over here, and they got some folk laying up over there, and there's an offering over here. Put some over there, and go over here. You know, fill up my barn. Get me enough. I still got more. You know what? There's a lot of folk out there, a lot of needs. What am I doing? I'm building up a greater barn. And, and that's, that's not what God has called us to do. Brother, and I count out myself to have opportunity, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind 
and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He forgets the things that were behind. Yeah, I ain't always been where I am. I've done some things that I'm not proud of. I'm not going to tell you what they are. You don't need to know. And I'm not going to ask you what you've done. I don't need to know that. As a matter of fact, the proof of that is that when God forgave us, he took all that sin and he hid it away. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, we don't have to bring that stuff up for discussion. We just need to get going further. You don't have to judge me by my past. Judge me by what's going on right now. The day of tomorrow, a dope dealer coming here, he's got some money he wants to give you, and he's dealing dope. You might say, no, I might agree, but you know. But the day after tomorrow, he gets saved, he still got some money. I don't know. <laughs> we might need some chairs. We might need some. When we get saved, our wallet only gets saved. I remember growing up in the church, it was a big deal back in the 60s and 50s, 40s. I'm not 40, I don't know if I was in the 40s, but 70s. <laughs> Even into the 80s. Sad part is that it still continues today. Back then, it was a big deal to have somebody come up and put a dollar on the table. I saw him do it in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. A dollar was still a good offering to, to give. The badge had come by. 2,000 rolled around. A dollar. You go today to some churches, and you're going to see an offering basket pass around. A dollar. And they feel like they've done God this great service. All the while, I've been asking God for a raise on my job. <laughs> I've been asking to increase my income. I've been asking him to give me more. I want to leave something for my children. Lord, bless me. Bless mine. And what he says in Malachi, you have robbed me. Paul said in Preston 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There is a high calling that God has on us, and it's found in Christ Jesus. It's beyond where I am, beyond where that, that which I ever knew to exist or I even could have imagined. It's beyond all of that. Where is it? It's right there in Christ Jesus. So I need to look at Jesus, and if possible, if I could, just take his cheek and pick him up and Turn them inside out, look at them, examine them, get to understand and taste them and see how good he is. I press toward the mark for the pride of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And while I'm doing all of that, attaining all of that, somebody's going to be nipping at my heels trying to get me, trying to get at me, trying to, to dissuade me and get me to go here and go there and do this and do that. And I still have to press. That's why we have to press because there's something against us. There's something pulling on us. Let me tell you something. The devil might be in us, but he, he may not, might not be in us. But I guarantee you, he's right there nearby picking at you, throwing stuff at you. He ain't going away. You don't run off and hide somewhere because you done found Jesus. Oh, God, he done found Jesus. Let me go hide out of his way. That's not what he does. He said, okay, he ain't found Jesus. He ain't, okay, that one found Jesus. Let me get close there. I know he likes some of this. Let me put some of this out there in his way. Oh, she loves Joe. Yeah, she, she don't know what to do when she sees this. Oh, yeah, put some of that. He's going to be after you. 
You're going to have to press. Because if you don't press, you're going to be in a hot mess. Let me tell you something. The body longs for the things of the flesh. It longs for the things of the flesh. Now, how are you going to do How are you going to just kind of go at this day, I put the word lackadaisically, or just kind of stroll on towards salvation, and the body is longing after the things of the flesh? How are you going to do that? How are you going to have to say no and throw stuff back? You've got to fight it off. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness and high. It's a wrestle. It's a tussle. You've got to press. When Paul says in 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, he's telling us something. That needs to be our mindset. Are we going to press toward the mark? And this might not seem like something that you need to press on, whatever it is today. You know what? Then shut it down quick. Don't play with it. Don't, don't act like it's, uh, I ain't worried about that. They can say that. It ain't bother me. No, kill it. Get rid of it right there. Do Be done with it. But the sooner you let that just laying around, his big brother going to show up. Cousin going to show up. And you're going to be still saying, oh, that's okay. I'm still saved. I ain't, that doesn't bother me. It's sitting over there. It's on the shelf, but it didn't bother me. You know, I don't even look at that. Why is it there? Why is it there? Why are you having pity and mercy on sin? Get rid of it. No. Get it out of here. Even back in the Old Testament, God's uh, his requirements for the lamb that would be sacrificed was that it would be spotless. And the lamb that came and died for us was spotless. And we are called into that same spotlessness. Will we ever get there? Probably not. Not in the flesh. But according to the Spirit, we can get there. But we have to deny the flesh. There's going to be many things that are going to come against us. It's not going to be an easy. That's okay. It doesn't have to be easy. I get interested when things aren't so easy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Sometimes situations come up in your heart, you just, you just breathe. And when you get done, you're, victory, you're victorious, you kind of go, whoo, man, that was rough. But I made it. What do you think Paul was talking about? He said, I pressed to walk for victory at some point. And we can find that too in Jesus Christ. But we do have to stay, have our wits about us, stay focused, and keep on pressing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we leave this place, O oh God, that we go forward, O oh God, knowing that you, dear God, will make a way for us, O oh God. As this year opens up to us, dear God, and begins to unfold, O oh God, we pray that we represent you well, O oh God. Heavenly Father, that you will look down upon us, dear God, and send opportunities, dear God, where we will witness for you, O oh God. And we pray that our choice will be to witness for you, dear God. We pray for wisdom that only comes from you, O oh God. We pray for knowledge and understanding, dear God. We love you in a special way, dear God. We pray, dear God, that you look down upon us, bless our families and our children, dear God, our, our, our in-laws and our outlaws, dear God, all those ones we don't even like a whole lot, dear God. We pray that we can love them enough, dear God, to tell them about you, dear God that we all might be found pleasing in your sight, dear God, and make our way toward that place that's already prepared for us, Heavenly Father. We pray for the sick and the shut-in, dear God. We pray for those on our prayer list over there, dear God. We pray for those in attendance here, dear God, individually and collectively, dear God. We pray for their homes, dear God, and their families, their loved ones, dear God. 
We pray for their finances and their intellect, their God, their mindset, their comfort. Now we pray to God for strength to God to be able to press in times of trouble to God, in times of opposition, to press anyway to God that we might uh, be found pleasing in your sight to God. We can do nothing without you when we give a couple of these praise and glory in all things. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. Continue to press, continue to hang in there, to hold out, do what God is calling you to do. Amen. And then you're going to be found pleasing in his sight. He doesn't judge us by what other people do. He judges us by what we do, our choices. Um, today is our communion Sunday, first Sunday, and so we're going to be serving communion. Um, before that, we want to receive the offering. Um, the youngest person we have with us today is Mr. Caleb Webb. So if he doesn't mind grabbing that basket on top of that speaker over there, my right. And uh, even our offering for us, that would be great. Uh, I've mentioned before, I'll mention again, uh, that these are important dates. We have the 10th meeting coming up. It'll be from the 17th through the 22nd of this month. 17, 18, 19, 20, 1 and 2. Yes, six nights. Uh, that'll be Saturday, two weeks from now, and until that following Thursday. And it's going to be out behind the Walmart Distribution Center. We'd love to have you come out and share your gifts and your talents with us. And, and yes, sir. What, go by Dad. Help, let Dad help you pray for it this time. You can take it over there. Let Dad help you pray for it. I love it. Amen. Thank you, sir. Uh, and thanks, Dad. Uh, as I said, the, the tent arrival, tent meeting, uh, come if you can. And, of course, we're out there looking for centers, so we want the support of the Christians, but we really want to get some centers in the house. If you, if you know a few you want to bring by, bring them on by. Uh, also, we're still working on the program in February. February, so please keep your calendars as free as you can for that morning from 9 to 12.30 p.m., I think it is. Uh, we'll be at the conference center, and uh, we are playing a key role in putting that program together, so we would love to have you there as representing the meeting place, and, and it's just good to be there, bring some other folk along with you. I think they'll enjoy what they hear that day, remembering the body of Christ. And my wife has an announcement I can't understand what you're saying. Okay, this Saturday you'll be at new, is it new something? A new life, but no, new beginnings. I think that's it. On Anglin Street, just across the street from the First Baptist, I believe, just about first. Yeah, next back up. There's only one church in that area, I think, up there. Uh, north of Willingham, there's a church called New Beginnings, I believe. 
and Sister Croft has been asked to speak to the women's group. Okay, so if one, some of y'all want to come and be a part of that, that'd be great. Oh, I see that's 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 just that's just the pastors, but that won't be everybody. That's just the pastors. I will need some help probably in the kitchen. That's on the tenth, which is gonna be Saturday coming. We'll need some help in the kitchen to help get some, some meals together. But uh other than that, we should be good. That's this Saturday coming and that's as we as the first meeting of the pastors toward this program that's happening on uh in February. Any other announcements? I mentioned before, I don't have any problem now. Pastor Crowder, is that it? Right, this is the cross fold in front of you, maybe. I think it's the uh, 11th, today, the 4th. Yes, so it's the 11th, Sunday coming. And Sunday coming, I want to say 3 o'clock or so. Yes, this is it. Uh, Sunday coming, 3.30. And Pastor Ed Ingram, E.D. Ingram, will be preaching that, that sermon there. I may try to shoot on by there. It's my former pastor from First Mount Zion. When God called us to come into this work, he called us from that place. And uh, so I may go over there. But uh, that's 3.30, Sunday coming. I think that's it for announcements right now, though. Um, so we're going to have Mr. Cross come up. We will be here this evening for our 6 o'clock service. Uh, we have Mr. Cross come up, and we're going to prepare for communion. Okay. Uh, most Christian congregations, denominations even, believe that there are two ordinances that, that were left with us. Uh, one being baptism, baptism me, and communion being the other. And uh, as, uh, some churches do it once a week, some do it once a year. We grip once a month, take a Sunday, and you do it that Sunday. And so for this for this church, the meeting place, we've chosen the first Sunday, and so we serve communion. And uh, this has to do with the Lord's Supper. Some refer to the Last Supper. Uh, Christ was with his disciples, and he broke bread. He said to them, this is my body. And then he took some wine and blessed it and gave it to them to eat of that. And he said of the two of the things, when you do this, you show forth my death, my burial, my resurrection, until I come again. And I often talk of it and speak of it in terms of um, uh, we all, at the same time, are taking, of, are taking part of the body of Christ and his blood which in its essence kind of puts together the oneness that exists in us. And uh, it speaks of the oneness. I don't want to say symbolize it. It speaks of the oneness. It's a real oneness. It's not a symbolic thing. It's a real oneness. And uh, so that's what this is about. And so, but he tells us that we should also be sure that we have prepared our hearts and our minds, our, our Christian lives for such things. In other words, we shouldn't be partaking of this in a condition of unforgiveness and so forth, and, and that we should get things right with others. And so if you haven't gotten right, leave, go get it right, and come back, you know, that kind of thing. So we want to be sure that we have done that. So at this time, we're going to have Ms. Cross to pray over the bread. Father, we thank you 
that we can come in to your house, Lord, to give reverence to your holy communion of your your resurrection, Lord. And we as we break this bread, Lord, we know it may have been made with unclean hands, Lord, but we just thank you and bless it and sanctify it for your communion in Jesus' name we pray. God, also, we know in like fashion the, the wine that God, the juice that was prepared, oh God, we're not sure who all had to paint it. And they God, we know we went over and, and bought it from the Bible bookstore, say God. But they God, we pray that you would have just blessed it, that God, in the same fashion, with, that, that that which Christ and the disciples took part in, they God, this in like fashion, they God, we will today uh, partake of it, God. So we pray to God that you would bless it, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. Amen. Now let us together take out the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. prayerful with us on that line. She's been here faithfully uh, working in her calling. Amen. Usually when, when a, and I just tell you, I just, I use, like anybody else, we, we use, I use my past experiences that, that directs a lot of things that I do in my life. And in the Christianity, and when I was called into the ministry, under my father's ministry, <clears throat> um, once you accepted your call, church would give you an opportunity to preach after that or at that service you typically would get your license which allows you then to go and preach you're authorized to go preach if you wanted authorization to pastor or do all the full work in the full authorization of a, of a, of a, a preacher pastor evangelist whatever uh, then um, they would let you have to work 
as an associate using your your gift preaching, in other words, and then you would be monitored as you go forth, and your faithfulness would be rewarded with that. And so what my dad would do is possibly a year or so later after you've been doing it for a while, it could be two years, depending on how often you get to preach and that kind of thing, how many brothers there were, three people there were. But, um, but then we'd be ordained. And, uh, but she has been faithful, and uh, we appreciate that. And so uh, we planning to ordain her. Uh, I want to get it done this month. And so I need to get with you on some details about that, too. But um, be prayerful along those lines. Um, it's interesting. Now, she, she accepted the call. In like 20 years, but the church we grew up in was like a lot of churches are today, where women don't preach, and it's, it's equated to usurping authority over the man and some other some other thing along that line. And uh, as we as we 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 were called out of the, out of that location into this location, and uh, and then called into pastoring. And up until, well, she's only been a member of the Methodist Church, which in the Methodist Church, had she been still a Methodist, it probably would have been okay because the Methodists were there within a while. But we were Baptists, and we came out here, and we've been Baptists. And in the churches that we've been a member of, that was not acceptable. And so uh, after coming out of that thing and, and seeing God using her in our life and, and people calling her to come speak and all that, all we're talking about is kind of like me putting my, uh, this church putting their blessing on us because God's already <laughs> he, he done gone on. You can put your hand on you want. I'll already put my spirit on it and get it. <laughs> and so, so we're catching up, and, uh, and we're gonna like to ordain her this uh, coming up here this Lord willing this month. We're gonna try to get it done. So be prayerful for her too, and I, I watch her grow in that area. Well, she had to use that gift in order for that to develop, you know. And so that's what I've tried to do. So usually on a Sunday night, I won't speak at all. It would be her or my son, Kurt. He's been away with the, uh, the prophetic uh, ministry that he's a part of. Uh, he hadn't left the church, but he's been working on that the prophesying aspect of his ministry. And so um, we, he says he's it's been an interesting walk with him. He testified a little bit about it. You know, you feel like God is calling him back into this. So this month sometime, he's expecting to make the transition back to Cleveland and still work his prophecy, prophetic ministry, but uh, work it from Cleveland, where he can be also a part of our ministry. So we're looking forward to have him back in the house. Uh, be prayerful along that line. God is doing some awesome things, and we, we're encouraging you to encouraging you to participate in as much of it as you can. Um, I, I don't say to anybody that you need to, if you feel you need to be doing something, nothing, then that's okay. Be at peace with that. Not everybody has to be a part of everything. Does that make sense? You know, but 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 you, you want to make your presence felt. You want to make that, okay, I'm a part. You know, make, make sure that's known, <laughs> that I'm a part. And so, uh, because it doesn't do you any good if God needs you over there on Sunday, on the third Sunday in March, but I say I need y'all over here, 
Now, over there, God's got somebody waiting for you that you can minister to, you can touch. And I'm requiring you for what? So I can see, okay, one more I got, you know. I don't need that. I'm not built that way. If you if you if you plead in God's sight, we're good. Because that's all I've been trying to do. That's all the preachers supposed to be trying to do is get the people to where they are pleading in God's sight. That's, that's this person right here. <laughs> so, so that's the important thing. So be aware of that. That being said, if you can make the the program that we're trying to be a part of, thing we appreciate seeing you there. Um, any other announcements? And if not, then they said after the supper they sang a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. We have Sister Erin again at the song, give us a song to go out on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank. Amen. You all have a great Sunday. Those who can, come back tonight. We'll see you tonight. I will see you next week. I want next weekend. God bless you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.